Good morning, everyone. We are continuing our series. My name is Thomas. Uh, we're continuing our series called City on a Hill. Last week, we looked at generosity. It's all based on the follow-up from Jesus's uh, preach, most famous preach, really, Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5. And there's a couple of verses I'm not going to read through, or maybe I will read through. Yeah, I'll read through a couple of the verses in Matthew 5, 13 to 16, but I'm going to start at verse 14. And uh, just the real crux and the real heart behind why uh, we're journeying through this little mini-series called City on a Hill. Here's what the words say in the Bible. Here's another way to put it. You are, so that's us, believers of Jesus, part of Inverness Vineyard Church. We are here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be opening By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Love that. I, I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, you'll let those words uh, pour over us this morning as we look at the next part in our series. I pray uh, that we would be a city on a hill, that we would be sharing God colours in our workplaces, in our homes, in our marriages, in our parenting, in our, at the school gate, Lord, in shops, out with the public, out there, Lord, in our wonderful city, in the highlands of Scotland, Lord. I pray that we would be like a city on a hill, that our lights would shine. So I pray for this uh, couple of uh, points that I'm going to share. I pray that it's not about me speaking Lord but that you will by your spirit just be breathing into our hearts afresh into our lives into our lungs Lord help us breathe in your truth this morning in Jesus name Amen so we looked at last week generosity and you can catch up with that at any point it's on there forever I think and we are going to be looking at integrity this morning we're going to be looking at integrity excuse me a wee second I am I'm still the world's greatest 30-year-old. Uh, I'm actually 36, but I'll, I'll, I'll cling on to the 30s uh, for the next four years. It, that's nothing to do with what I'm speaking about. Integrity. Proverbs has a, a great, so much wisdom and little lines that just hit really hard. Proverbs 10 verse 9 says, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Integrity can be measured by your willingness to do the right thing. There's an American writer called Warren Wiersp. I think I pronounced that right. He emphasises, we must be careful to protect our own personal integrity. When integrity goes, then character starts to decay. When character goes, we've lost everything important. No matter what you may possess, whether that's money popularity, talent, friends, possessions. If you don't have character, you don't have anything. But character depends on integrity. People with integrity are people who are honest with themselves, with others and with God. They don't wear masks and they don't waste energy pretending to be what they aren't. 
I remember when I was about nine or ten years old, I would get my weekly pocket money, which was about 50p back then, and 50p could get you a good spread of sweeties in the sweetie shop. Remember bikers, Freddo bars, Taz bars, or Space Raiders? Oh, I'd love some of them now, Space Raiders, Pickled Onion Space Raiders. If you're in Tesco and you want to give me a wee gift, Pickled Onion Space Raiders, I'd love some of them. But uh, <laughs> I was in uh, the shop getting my sweeties, and I seen on the floor a couple of, I think it was, I think you call them Parma Violets, is that what you call them? I might be terribly wrong, the little purple sweeties. And I seen a couple of those packets on the floor. And something totally random out of character happened whereby I, I, I knelt down, I was playing about my trainers and I was about to pick them up and put them back, but I ended up putting them bang in my pocket and walk out with these Parma Violets. I felt like a criminal. I'd be dreading Crime Watch. I was dreading the local paper on Friday coming out. I was too feared to watch the news with my parents. Not that I watched the news with my parents as a nine, ten-year-old, but I, I was scared to watch any telly in case there was a mugshot of me coming up. Have you seen this boy? He stole two packets of sweeties. And this business is in peril. This is the kind of thing that nine and ten years old. Anyway, there was this fear of dread that just came over me. Oh, what have I done? I'm, uh, I'm going to live a terrible life now. That's it. This is who I am. And it got to the point where it bubbled out to my mum in that crying, speaking, can't quite make sense kind of moment. And uh, yeah, we had a bit of a moment. Integrity matters. And it's the second, it's a character trait that, that we should ooze if we live for Jesus. And we should ooze in this city, whatever we do, however we are called. And uh, Chuck Swindoll says this, you often hear him on Word for Today or UCB Radio. Uh, we often, that's a, a popular choice in the mornings in our household. He says this, few things are more infectious than a godly lifestyle. The people you rub shoulders with every day need that kind of challenge. It's interesting, isn't it? Not prudish, not preachy, just crackerjack clean living. Just honest to goodness, bone deep, non-hypocritical living. I want to look at a couple of things. I want to look at integrity matters even when it costs you or even when it costs us. Integrity matters even in the small things. And then finally, what place does integrity hold in our decisions? We have to be consistent and we have to be alert. I had the opportunity to play golf a couple of weeks ago. Not very well. I mean, I hit the ball. It goes places. Not the places I want to. I do a lot of walking and I, I write down very high scores on my card, but I, I enjoy it. That one shot makes all the difference. I was at Miraboard Golf Club, a couple of holes went well, doing all right, my friends. And then one of my drives went into the forest, the deep forest. And I managed to find the ball, it was tucked under the rough. And uh, all the rest of the guys were either on the fairway, typical, on the fairway, or way over on the other side of the other forest, other line of trees. I was by myself. And I had a fleeting moment where I thought, I could get a better lie here. Uh, yeah, I could get a better lie. I could position myself well here. No one's here, it's just me. I said, no, can't do that, can't do that. Got to be honest, got to be honest. I'm with my friends, got to, be, got to stay true. So I ended up hitting the shot. It went about, I'm not even kidding, about that much further and a bit deeper into the rough. So then I thought, they don't need to know about that. No one's seen it. They didn't hear anything. So I could just say, oh, I'll, that, that was my second shot. I thought, no, no, can't do that, and ended up hitting the shot, back into the fairway, had about an eight, and told them the, the true score that I had. But my first thought was, 
Nobody else would know. Nobody else would know. Okay. No one else would know. I'll hit it again. But I ended up not making that choice. I held my hands up. The same thing happened to a guy called Brian Davis, who was a professional golfer. He was playing an incredible week. Not a very well-known golfer, but he was on the cusp of winning a tournament, a life-changing amount of money. And uh, this is what happened. He was in a playoff to decide the winner. So two people ended up at the top at the very end. And it was down to these two people to decide the winner. And on the first approach shot, his ball was in the rough. And on his backswing, it grazed a twig. And he, only he could have seen it. And he ended up calling a penalty on himself. So he put his hands up and he ended up losing the match. He lost over half a million dollars. And he said this, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. I did the right thing. Wow. Wonder if we can lay claim to decisions that have cost us. Bigger picture, long game, kingdom, living for Jesus stuff. I'm going to see this through. I'm going to make this decision, even though it could be tough. Knowing uh, that the, the relationships, perhaps, or the, the route I'm going down isn't going to be easy. I remember my time in the, the bank 10 years ago. I, I left Santander to, do, to become a youth pastor, which is part of my journey into church ministry. But before that, I was a financial advisor. And there were certain scenarios which I was uh, placed into where I knew it wasn't right. Some of the things they were asking to step out and uh, I had to step out and I had to say no. And I knew that would ruffle some feathers as a result. But people as a result of that knew what I was about. It's like that quote that Chuck Swindoll uh, stated about the people you rub shoulders with every day need that kind of challenge. And uh, there's a man called Stuart Briscoe. He tells of being hired by a bank. He was young, new, and just learning the business. A bit like myself back then. And one day his boss said, if Mr. Hughes calls for me, tell him I'm out. And uh, Stuart replied, oh, are you planning to go somewhere? And uh, the boss says, no, I don't want to speak to him. So just tell him I'm out. And uh, Stuart replied, let, let me just understand this. Do you want me to lie for you? The boss ended up kicking off at him, blew up at him. He was outraged, angered, and, and Stuart ended up praying, and God gave him a flash of insight. You should be happy, because if I won't lie for you, isn't it safe to assume that I won't lie to you? If I won't lie for you, isn't it safe to assume that I won't lie to you? Do people know what you're about? in your workplace, in your family life, out in the public, being God colours in this city, being a light that shines, a city on a hill. What are you shining? Are you willing for Jesus to be the reason that financially perhaps you're at a, a loss? Relationally, perhaps things are a bit strained at work or just for making that, that godly decision. Or career-wise, you're not quite up the ladder because you decided to make a few choices that held your integrity. Integrity can cost you, but people see you're, you're all about something else. You're all about someone else, that being Jesus. What a standout picture that is. So integrity uh, matters even when it costs you. Secondly, integrity matters even in the small, even in the small. Most of us know, or all of us know, the difference between right or wrong. And all of us would seem to agree that... Uh, 
agree, agree on that. We know the difference between right or wrong. But what about the little white lies? Do they really matter? We would all uh, tend to avoid big things in the wrong. You know, big things like tax evasion or committing crimes. I'd like to hope that we would all think that was wrong and not delve into that. But what about the tiny little decisions that we accept are okay? The tiny little decisions because everybody does it. The tiny little decisions because we feel it doesn't really harm anyone. Maybe that's watching movies on a streaming site instead of paying for it. Or watching the football on a streaming site because we don't pay for it. Maybe it's saying that our kids are younger than they are on uh, excursions to parks or, I don't know, like fairgrounds. Is that what you call them anymore? But just the cinema. We say our kids are younger because it'll save us a fiver. Maybe it's saying a little white lie here or there to make or paint ourselves in a better light. Maybe it's saying something and not doing it. Or perhaps it's a wee stretch of the current COVID regulations that we find ourselves in. Integrity matters, even in the small. It's an indication of our character, shaped and purposed by God, that means that we honour him in the little day-to-day -day moments. Often the moments that no one else will see. Often the moments where we won't get any credit. Often the moments where we won't get any recognition. That's where godly character is formed and integrity is often built. The hidden places. It's often the hidden places that produce the fruit for the public arena. Let me say that again. It's often the hidden places that produce the fruit for the, pu the, the public arenas. So we're to be consistent and alert. We have to be consistent and alert for our hidden places and our walks with God, our walks with each other. What place does integrity hold in our decisions? Are we willing to do the right thing even if even if God and your conscience are the only witnesses? The best choices are often made from a deep well of discipleship, a, a deep well of character which is built from discipleship, time with other people who love Jesus, time with God. I want to urge us, we've been chatting a, a little bit about small groups this last wee while and we're doing that deliberately because we would love everybody who calls Inverness Vineyard Church their home to be in a small group. Especially this season where we can, where we can share the ups and downs of life. Where we can surround ourselves with people and be honest and be vulnerable and call out uh, the gold and dig up the weeds. So if you're isolated this morning, please say. If you're struggling this morning, please say. Uh, Let's put, uh, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's get into small groups. Let's stir uh, encouragement among one another. Let's make sure integrity holds really tight in our decision, holds really far up in our decision making that we realise, is this, is this holding integrity? Because that is being a light, folks, in this city. That is when we get to shine because we model something that will stand out. Proverbs 11.3 says the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. We mentioned that uh, a little bit earlier. 
When we have integrity, where there's a, a unified thing, there's a wholeness, there's a one track to how we're living. And if that's not there, we lead this, this double life. And ultimately that will destroy us and ultimately it will be found out in what we do and what we think and what we say. So I want to ask, are, are we living that double life? Are we called to a fresh sense of integrity in living? And I had a picture for some of us here as I come in to, to land this morning. And it's of a wall that's wrapped around us. And some of us feel that this wall is impenetrable, especially this, this last six months or so. It's built too high, that's too strong, and the place that we're in is just too dark right now. And we're speaking over ourselves, I'm never going to get out of this space. This is always who I'm going to be. And perhaps we're in this being surrounded and we're hearing words or challenges or encouragements and we just can't quite seem to, to get out. It doesn't impact. We pop another brick on the wall. I feel God is saying today, today's the day to stop building another brick and to accept where we are, but to ask him in. To ask him in. You know, anything Joshua or Struan build, our, our two sons, our two brilliant little boys, the other one is very quick to come and dismantle just as quick. And I, I think that's how we are to live when it comes to living with integrity, where uh, the Lord shines parts of our lives which aren't doing that, that we knock it down quickly, that we don't let it build up, that we don't let the wall surround us. So any little things which oppose living with integrity that builds, we demolish it right away. Anything in the faintest that could relate to where we're at, we welcome Jesus in. We build a routine of short accounts and daily moments where the Holy Spirit can search us and he will use uh, those moments to just shine a light, to shine a light and then to knock it down. Uh, yeah, I just feel that that's a word for the Lord. Those of us that feel we're surrounded, the Lord wants to come into that and we're to call it out into the light this morning. And uh, yeah, I, I really feel the Lord wants to move in that. Psalm 139, 23 to 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We're called to be a people who live in that place of integrity, even if it costs us. Even, uh, yeah, even if it costs us. People who display integrity in the small, day-to-day, -day, unseen moments. And we knock down the walls of accepting where we are, where we feel we're in too deep. I wonder if that prayer, if there's one action you can take away this week, why not prayer, why not prayer, why not pray that psalm every morning this week? Why not get it on your phone, get an alert on your calendar? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Because let me guarantee you, if you pray that prayer every morning for the next week, the Lord will make clear. The Lord will make it clear. You know, just to close, maybe God has been revealing the day-to-day -day decisions we're making and the little moments are coming to mind where we know it will cost us, but we try to forget it and we think, not now, not now where we know it's only small 
but we're trying to justify it. Oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, it's not harming anyone. I can't go there just now, Lord. I'm doing some other good stuff. God's saying this morning, bring it all. Whether it's online or in person, a hundred people or one person in your kitchen. The Lord's saying this morning, bring it all to me. Bring it all to me. Lay the cards on the table. Be free this morning. Be free. I know you. I have a plan for you. I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. If you're believing this morning that if you step out and think, okay, I'm going to step away from this, but it's going to be, uh, it means I'm going to be in lack. You're living in the light and God will provide. God will provide. And you know, we often don't speak about uh, or speak about it in these terms, but the Holy Spirit can convict us. Perhaps this morning there's a wee knot in our tummy as I've been speaking because you know God's highlighting little subtle areas in our lives and he wants to make us more like Jesus. He wants us to give it to him today, to be a light because another reassurance, when we give it to him, our light will shine that little bit brighter on our Monday morning. Our light will shine that little bit brighter on a Monday morning. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honourable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's any excellence and of anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. We want to shine. We want to see Inverness one for Jesus. But to do that, we must be people, first of all, first week, that are generous that have our hands open and say, Lord, whatever you've blessed me with, I'm giving it away. Tell me what I have to give away. I'm holding on to it lightly. Not in our grip, but with open hands. And then secondly, we pursue integrity. We pursue integrity in our work, at our home, in our marriage, with our friends, in the public, how we speak, how we think. I'd love to pray. Let me pray for us all just now.